Cuphead and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hey folks, Old Man Grognard here. Welcome to Sunday. Hope you're all doing well. Having a nice, quiet weekend, which is a blessing, I guess. I still got to work on I still got to work on my Monday game, but I'll there's not much to do on that. They're in the middle of the dungeon. I just got to review it and make sure everything's in line with what's going on. So it's all about taking the next step. Sometimes I have a plan. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I have part of a plan. What I had was a a, a framework that seems to be. Things are developing out of it. This is why I like frameworks, I've, I told you before, where I have a simple story that I can embellish as IDM, which I really like. That that To me, that is the joy of game mastering right there, is taking something like that and just going to town with it with the input of the players who change things, which is a good thing. Anyway, I wanted to talk about villains today. Villains as in the big bad the mover and shaker, the reason they're doing what they're doing. Because you either play the villain smart or you play him dumb. And I've seen myself included game masters, just they have villains, they just don't know what to do with them except attack the heroes or something like that. If you got a really good master villain, they kind of permeate throughout the story, throughout the adventure. I always, when I was doing Cattle Drive, I always would like to throw in one encounter, maybe a fight or something like that, that even if they didn't know what was going on completely, why these things were happening, they knew something, the players knew something was happening in the background. Where they, I remember one when they did the murder mystery one, the murder mystery segment of the cattle drive, I had, I believe, a Fritz attack them in an alley. Was it a Fritz or Methods? No, it was a Fritz. And it was highly unlikely that those characters were native <laughs> to this that plane or to that area. Why would they be around there? They didn't know, but they knew something was happening. That was one way that the villain was trying to... He was trying to soften them up, cut them down before they got to their destination. So you've got villains that think about that. Then you just got villains who are just just ignoramuses. Now it's fun to play one, it's fun to play the other. I was reminded of this because I was watching a film I was watching a Rando Scott Western called The Desperados. No, not the Desperados, I sorry. A Lawless Street. And then he's got these two guys who are trying to take over the town. He's the marshal and, you know, all this yada, yada, yada. But they call in this one guy who becomes one of their partners who is a gunslinger. And they basically called him in to kill the, kill the marshal. And it was played by one of my favorite character actors, Michael Pate. Look him up. in look, Go Google him. He's, he's very interesting. He's, he's probably one of my favorite character actors because... He plays smart characters, even if they're villains. And he played a lot of villains. He played Cochise on television. I'm not saying that was a villain, but he was... Every time I saw him on screen, I liked it because he was just 
he he thought he was you could tell that he was thinking every time he just had that that attitude and he wasn't even, he was a dragon he was what they called the dragon the big bad's dragon the guy who his right hand henchman who is the main threat one of the main threats to the hero that they had to fight to get to the big bad guy but it's just it's it's just a smirk on his face a twinkle in his eye you can tell that he's smarter than he looks. Not smarter than he looks, but I mean, you can tell there's brains behind there. And to me, that is the most threatening to a hero, to a character. Because they could either be a mirror image of them, or they could be just as smart as them, and manage to manage to maybe outmaneuver them for a good bit of the adventure. Now, saying that, one thing... Here's something else about villain. One thing that champions taught me was the the art of the disadvantage. Because in champions, of course, it's a point by system. For those who don't know about it, you only start out with a hundred points. Usually, this is I, I played fourth edition champions a lot, so you start out with a hundred points and to build your character. If you wanted more points, you took disadvantages. And usually there was a disadvantage cap on how many you could take, and also what category there was a cap on how much you could take. I remember in second and third edition it used to be, okay, one disadvantage, full, 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 full value. You take another one that's similar, it's in the same category, it's half and quarter, etc., etc. But then they started doing disad caps. But anyway, now disads are not just for player characters. It taught me to think of a master villain that has to have at least one weakness. It doesn't have to be very big, but it could spell doom for them. And you've just got to figure it out, whether it's the love of this woman who's either dead or alive or somewhere else. Or, I mean, you know, Mr. Freeze was trying to revive his wife who accidentally got killed. You, you see where I'm going with this. It could either be that, or maybe he has a big ego. The Joker has a big ego. Or something like... Oh, let's see. Let's see. I had a specific one, and I can't even think about it. But anyway, it's something that the characters, the player characters, can can take advantage of. When it comes, if they know, if they can, if they can figure it out. I mean, the first Avengers movie, they figured out where Loki was going to be because he he wanted everybody. He wanted to take over New York or the world or whatever. He wanted everybody to see it because he's a big shot and he's a big man and he wants to he wants to make a statement and all this. So that's how they figured where he was. Then then they went and stopped him. So you're getting you're getting my drift here. If they can figure out, and I'm sure there are villains out there who will try and keep this under wraps. So the player characters will have to dig a bit while they're fighting. It's, you know, I, players should like pay attention to like what kind of foe they're fighting, what kind of things they, he throws at them, what kind of foe they're fighting. And I'm sure he has a long range. They usually have a long range plan. And he, they try to cover as many bases, plug as many holes as they can, and cover as many bases as they can. 
But like I said, they may have a weakness, maybe a person, maybe an ideal. It may be a big ego. It may be whatever. And, but they do have that weakness. Everybody has a weakness. This, see, this is why they always talk about the typical the typical parties in D&D. Each one covers each other's weakness. Each one is good at something. And when they work together, they cover their weaknesses. Now, the villain may or may not have this advantage. He may have a dragon like... Well, I was talking about Michael Payton in that movie. They may have a dragon who covers some of their their weaknesses, but they may not. They may have just henchmen and syncopants, if you know what I mean. Minions, that's about it. So, there's that. My fa- One of my favorite weaknesses that, and it's, it's, if you think about it, it's easy to do, but when in Wrath of Khan, Spock said that Khan was a two-dimensional thinker, in other words, he would he would anticipate from one direction, maybe two, but there's always a direction he would not anticipate. And in space, you have left, right, up, down. And so, as a two-dimensional thinker, you can go in from a side that the that the villain. Is, does not realize or doesn't even think about it. And also, the big ego is also like, okay, I got everything covered. Well, what about this? It's like the Star Wars. What about the the duct, the 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 air duct, the duct that uh, Luke had to shoot? Oh yeah, this big thing, it's gonna it's gonna blow up planets, and we're gonna be the dominant force in the universe. Well, yeah, but you got this this air duct, these air ducts here that just oh nobody's gonna get those. You know, they're too small to hit. You know, you see what happens there's always going to be a fatal flaw in their plan. <laughs> it's kind of like watching, watching Pinky in the Brain. He always had a fatal flaw in his plan. <laughs> Some of them are so ridiculous that, yeah, you can see several, but usually there's at least one fatal flaw in his plan. So, anyway, that's that's my spiel on villains. I hope you can use it. And if you want to talk to me about it, you can drop me an email at oldmangrognar@gmail.com, or you can send me a voicemail at Anchor. And we are funded now, so if you want to send as little as 99 cents a month, you can help support this program. Once again, thank you, Jonathan and Oliver, for supporting this program. Thank you very much, sirs. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.